law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, we are thankful that you are a rock and our redeemer. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need your words. We need your, your good laws, Lord, that show us the way. And so we ask that today you would speak to each one of us. Lord, speak your truths through your spirit into our hearts. <clears throat> Lord, we love you. We thank you for bringing us here this morning. And we pray this in your name. Amen. How you guys doing today? Good. My name is Derek Murphy, and I've uh, been here for about five months, new part of the K2 staff, and uh, just glad to be here today. You guys doing okay? Yeah. It is a good day. It was sunny yesterday, right? Did you guys get anybody get any sun out there? Yeah? Sweet. All right. Very nice. Well, we are in this series called The Critical Journey, and really, this series started off with Easter, and uh, it started off with new life. I mean, you can't start this critical journey of faith without salvation, without giving your life over to God, and so we got to actually get, get to, we got to witness 40 people get baptized and give their life to Christ. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it was so cool. I mean, to watch that, the, the, this death, burial, and resurrection that we are taking part of that in Christ. Now we are alive in Christ. And last week, uh, Dave talked about that. He talked about the first step in this critical journey is this idea of being captivated. That God's love just captivates us and it gets us going. It starts us off, starts us into this journey. And the, the primary image that he used when he was talking about captivated was this, is in this journey, uh, spiritually, it has similarities to growing up physically. And so when you're in that first step of faith, it's like being a spiritual infant, right? The scriptures talk about this. It's like that the, we need the milk, you know, the, the pure spiritual milk when we're babies in the faith, right? And then, uh, and then it's, it's growing us up, though, into something. We're on a pathway. And today we're going to be talking about being grounded. And I want to continue to build on the the illustration that Dave's been using about being a redwood, right? Uh, the first week he talked about uh, the seed, like this seed is going to get planted. And then last week it looked like it was started to grow roots, right? It's like it was planted, it grew roots, and now you, you're starting to get this little sprout coming up, right? But it, you're not a redwood yet. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not quite there. Like that's where we're going. 
like on this critical journey, we're heading that direction, but we're not there yet. And if I was going to use the same imagery as Dave, I would say this, this stage is more like if we're, we were a spiritual, spiritually an infant last week. Right now we're at the place where we're growing into a spiritual child. And so there's exciting things about being a child, right? Everything's new. And you've got abilities that you didn't have when you were an infant, right? Every single thing that you, you know, you got when you're an infant had to be given to you from your parents, right? Milk, uh, everything, you you could do nothing. And now you're starting to move, walk and talk and and get around and you have capabilities you didn't have before. But there's, you know, there's, there's hardships in that too. Everything's new, but then you sometimes hit walls. In fact, uh, just, we had friends, uh, my wife and I, uh, when we were in, in Washington, and they had a baby that, that started walking really, really young, at like seven months, started walking. So physically, could do it, but mentally wasn't quite there yet. I think there's a reason why you don't start walking until like you're a year old, because this, this kid would get up, start walking, and just like plow right into the wall. I mean, straight up. <laughs> Mind, didn't understand space and all that stuff yet, you know. There's a reason why you can only crawl. You, you, you know, you can go too fast when you're walking. So, you know, th- those are the types of things, those types of hardships you might come across as you're in this critical journey of faith, in the spiritual child phase. Because, you know, we're learning, we're growing, all this stuff is new, and we're trying to figure out what it even looks like. And so this, this part of the, the journey is going to be hard uh, because... You're still in that spot where you're, even though you're starting to sprout up as that spiritual redwood, it's not, you're not big enough to be, be of like, you're like a big old mighty redwood is giving shade. And, uh, you know, somebody during the, after the first service was showing me like the ground cover and how green and lush it is. And just some, there's some, you know, the beauty and the majesty and all that. You don't have any of that yet. You're not an expert in anything. And so in a lot of ways, you're having to receive receive, receive more than you're able to give, right? And that's an uncomfortable place for many of us to be in. But it's an all right spot to be in because if you're in this journey and you continue to grow, um, eventually there's this image that you're going to be this redwood. You're going to be this, this thing that's able to produce fruit, that's able to give, even though redwoods don't produce fruit. Don't quote me on that. So, but, you know, I, it's, parables, they, they don't translate all the way. So, that's where we're heading, right? And so are you guys ready as we move into the scriptures this morning? You guys ready to go? Ready to get to work? Okay, let's do it. So we're going to jump into Acts chapter 2, which before I guess I start reading, um, the very first week in Easter, Dave was preaching at Acts chapter 1 and 2, and the, the sermon uh, that, that Peter gave on the very first day of the church. And the people heard the message. They heard the message of Jesus, that he died and he rose again. And he's alive and he wants to give us life. And they were pierced to the heart and they wanted, they wanted to know what they needed to do. So they were, they were, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people came and were baptized on that day. And so... This is a cool thing. We got to witness 40, right? They had 3,000 that one day. And so we kind of get this, this window. We, we're, we got like put on the goggles. The, the author of Acts, who's uh, the Dr. Luke, right? He's, he's given us a little picture into the early church. And so this is a picture of what it looks like for them in those first days, those first steps 
So those spiritual infant child days, right, where they're just learning how to make this stuff come together. Now, a lot of these people were, uh, were Jews before, so they have some foundation, and that's why I'm jumping in and saying these people are spiritual child. They're, they're, still, they're still trying to figure out, get their feet under them about what it means to follow Jesus. So let's read, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those for who were being saved. Isn't that a cool picture of what church should be like? I mean, that's, that is what the church is meant to be right there. And, uh, and sometimes we fall short of that, but it gives us a picture of what to aim for. But this is, this is an amazing thing. This, this picture shows us what it means really to be a, a spiritual child. And I think that the core of that is two pieces, really having a connection with the Father and having a connection with the people around them, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And then, right, did you guys catch this? To the breaking of bread, to prayer. They were together. To, okay, so three times in this scripture, they were together. They were together. They were together. They had everything in common. They were in the temple courts. They were eating. They were, they were eating twice in this, like, four verses. They ate a lot. Isn't that, isn't, there's something, there's something good about that, right? It's like, yeah, I like to eat too. <laughs> yeah, we, that, there's, there's something spiritual kind of about sitting down and eating with somebody else. Like, you feel connected with them, right? And so, we're, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's this, this togetherness that's going on. There is a spiritual family here in the early church. And so if you want to summarize the message for today, it is how to go from being in the fringe to being part of the family of God. And here's the deal. There's, there's a bunch of you that show up to K2, and you like being part of the fringe. And we're actually totally okay with that. Like, you come in, you've got all the back roots in, you find the dark spots that are, so I can't even see you. And... You know, and you go, and then you find the sneakiest way out, like, and, and that's okay. Like, I'm glad you're here. We're really happy that you came in and that you're wanting to hear this message, and you want to you wanna try to see what God can do in your life and how to integrate him into what you've got going on. We're happy that you're here doing that. So keep coming. Here's the deal, is that if you don't eventually get connected with the family, uh, I, mean, I mean, just think, okay, just think about this. If you're a spiritual infant or child, you need your parents, right? You, you need your family to protect you and to take care of you. And if you don't, you're not going to succeed. At best, some wolves are going to come and, and raise you, right? So it's like, <laughs> at worst, who knows? We don't want to talk about that right now. But like, you are not going to grow as a spiritual child if you don't connect up with the family. And so what we're asking you to consider today is go out from the fringe and, and, and start to think about coming in to the family. Here's the, here's the rub for you, though. I know uh, all of you who are doing that, the reason you're probably doing that is because you've been hurt in the past, 
and probably by the church and people in the church, right? And so you're sitting here going, yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay, just be open, okay? Be, are you guys willing to be open with me today? Are you just willing to listen? Okay, cool. If we can do that, we're on the same page. Okay, <clears throat> so here's the deal. Who's the head of the church? Is it me? Is it Dave Nelson? Is it the Pope? No, no, no. All of us are screwed up, okay? All those names. The, yeah, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, right? And so here's the most, the first point that's in your notes um, is that it's essential to have a close relationship with the Father. If you're going to be part of the spiritual family, if you're going to be a child in this family, you got to have a connection with the Father. That's just, that's just the truth. And here's the deal, is that God wants you to grow up in the faith. Like, he, he has an amazing image and picture of what he wants you to become. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to reach out to you. And, and here's the deal, is that, can, you know, making this this illustration of God being a father sometimes breaks down because not all of us have great fathers, right? And so here's the deal is that God isn't like our fathers who are often busy. We're, off, we're often all trying to go out and make money or, or take care of our own needs or whatever, and we're never there for our kids, or, you know, but he's the ideal father. He's there. He's waiting. He's like, he's wanting to be with us. He's wanting to spend time with us. He's ready, and he's waiting at all times for us to approach him And so he knows everything there is to know about us, and he's waiting for us to get to know him a little bit better so we can have a relationship. And part of getting to know him is understanding his voice, being able to hear his voice. And here's the deal is all of us in the room are adults or young adults, maybe some teens and some younger ones, but here's here's what's going on is that we, most of us, aren't actual physical children. And so when we come to this uh, trying to, this journey of faith, it's not like we're spiritual children and we're getting it at this, we're getting this worldview, we're getting this understanding of God as we're growing up. I'm glad that all of your kids are getting that right now in our Adventure Canyon, but not all of us got that, right? And so we were taught how to think from our friends and our family and other people, and, and we got this whole mindset. And so we've got conflicting voices telling us what to do, right? And part of being a follower of Christ, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice, right? And so this is one of the beautiful things about the people of God, uh, the, the Jewish people. They were, they were called the people of the text. They're people of the book. And if you listened to Casey's reading here at the very beginning of the service, he said, he was reading this passage, and they were just talking about the word of God being so good. They talked about it being like honey. It's like, man, I crave it. Like, I crave my dessert. It's like, that's the, that's the last thing. That's the first thing I want after I eat is I want God's word. In fact, they, they don't even stop there. They, a different, another section of scripture, it says, it's, you can't live on bread alone, but from on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is so important, Right? And so, let, okay, don't put it up on the screen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you this uh, out of Psalm 1, verse 3. It's in your notes. So those of you, those of you who got notes, 
there's, there's cool stuff in this bulletin now. We, we just updated it a couple weeks ago. There's notes in it, and there's stories about what, how we're spending our finances, and there's our big three things of what's happening, that's upcoming, all that stuff. Get it every week. Every piece of this is brand new. We update every word on it, except for the title. So, um, but go look it, look it up. But uh, in your notes, uh, it has Psalm 1, verse 3. And uh, it's not going to go on the screen. So those of you who don't have notes are missing out. So it says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. Everything he does prospers. His leaves don't wither. So this is the image as we're talking about what God wants from you. Can you trust God? Yes. This is what he wants from you. He wants to grow you into this great redwood, right? We've been talking about this. And, and, uh, and he wants to produce fruit in your life uh, that bless the people around you. Like he wants to do great things with you. You know, the truth is, is that God, you know, he, he actually made you. And he made the world. And he knows exactly the best life that you can live. And he wants to have a relationship with you so he can, he can actually speak into your life. And as Christians, we are people of the book and people of the text as well. That's something that's very true. But we're also people of the Spirit. God wants to interact with us now, every day. But the only way we can understand his voice and hear it is if, we've, if we know what it is. And we know what his voice is. And, and here's the deal. It's Psalm 1. Put, the, put it up on the screen. He tells us how to know his voice. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law both day and night. How do you know his voice? You meditate on it. Day and night. And then what is he going to make you? He's going to make you like that, that, that tree that's planted by streams of water. And, and one of the I was reading about uh, redwoods this week because I was like, this is a great image and this passage connects so well with it. Redwoods, one of the reasons they grow so tall and grow so big is because of their environment. The biggest redwood down in California is 379 feet tall. That's taller than a football field is long, just so you have perspective on the height. It's big, it's huge, right? You can drive cars through the middle of these things, right? I mean, massive trees. And that, I mean, like, so that's, that's exactly what God wants you to be. But the truth is, is that we're never going to grow that big if we have to go miles to get sort, the source of life, right? He's saying, I want you to be like a, stream, like a tree planted right next to the stream. It's dumb to go plant yourself like way out there in the desert. Like, no, why would you do that? If you want to be a tall, strong tree, go right next to the source, the water is going to fill you up. It's going to feed you. It's going to give you life. It's going to make you tall. It's going to make you strong. Go for that, right? And, and here's the deal. Is as we put ourselves in the midst of that, if we, if we submit ourselves into God's plan of trying to understand his voice, he starts to actually change the way we see the world. That's one of the points in there. I, I, first service, I kept missing these. So I'm trying to do better, okay? You guys... You guys tracking with me? Did I miss any other ones? Okay, right, you guys still awake? All right, cool. Okay. <laughs> so he starts to change the way uh, we, that we see the world. Like, there's, you guys are familiar with the understanding of worldview, right? And so, like, if we are giving ourselves to God, like, 
he is, he is starting to change the way we understand reality. Let's read this passage out of First uh, John. First John chapter 2 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So here's the, here's the deal. So God wants to show us a whole new way of life. The, the way of life that we've been taught is that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. What can I get from the world? And the foundational picture that God has given us as followers of him is that Christ gave up his life so that we would have life. And he's asking us to do the same. That's totally opposite, right? It's like, that's crazy. That's, that's wild. Well, he wants to open the veil and just say, hey, I want you to see things. I want you to see the world completely different than you've seen the world before. It's like this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have entered into like community subcultures or, or whatever, but I, when I got into rock climbing, man, I, 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 when I was in high school, I did it competitively. And I just drank the Kool-Aid, right? And it's like, I, I started seeing everything in those, in those terms. I watched videos, and I, I, I just loved it. I did it every day. And my friends and I, um, okay, just, just give you a little perspective. If you rock climb with a rope, it's called climbing, rock climbing, right? But if you do it without a rope, and you don't go very high, and if you go really high, it's called free climbing, and that's dumb. Don't do that, okay? But if you do it, like, reasonably high, you know, 15, 20 feet, and you have pads, and you have people spotting you. Like, that's called bouldering. Now, there's this other thing in an urban environment that's when you look around and you see buildings, and you see that you could climb the buildings. It's called buildering. <laughs> so, bouldering, buildering, you get what I'm saying, right? And so, my uh, freshman in high school, next to my school, there was this church, and the front of the church was just rocks. I'm like, I don't have to think too hard to know that that's a perfect place to go out rock climbing, right? This is the, the perfect spot to go buildering. So my friend and I are all, we're climbing on this thing at lunchtime. And the, the only downside is like, the police station is right across the street. We don't, we're not very smart. <laughs> and there's like, you hear this, and this guy on the megahorn like, what are you boys doing over there? And we, you know, you always wonder in those police shows, why do they always run? I don't know, but we did. You know, it's like, we're, boom, <laughs> we're off. And, uh, you know, I, you, you don't need to hold, need to hold the story, but um, <laughs> it showed up in our graduation speech and stuff. I don't know. But it was, a, it was a, the way that I perceived the world, right? Everything I saw was a potential of something I could climb up, right? And, and so that's the exact same thing that God's trying to do with us. He's like, I've got a way that I want you to perceive the world. I've got a way that I want you to, to, to see what's going on around you because the way you were looking about what was going on around you before was, was not in line with what I want to do and where I want to take you and the relationship I want to have with you and, and what I'm doing, the bigger picture of what I'm trying to do with the world because I don't, I don't want what's going on. The, the, the world tells a story that's all about pain and hardship and war and struggles and people trying to get what they can get. And I want more of this like Acts chapter 2 type of community, right? 
where they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They learned my voice. They heard it, and they actually lived it out. They gave each other. I mean, they, they, were, they were helping each other out, and they were with each other, and they were living in community. That's what I want. And, you know, the, the next thing is that God doesn't just want to change the way we see and perceive things. He wants to change the way we think about things. Uh, Acts, or Romans chapter 12 says this, do not copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Like, here's the deal. I've been saying this whole time. You've got to have a relationship with the Father if you're going to be part of the family. If you're going to move from fringe to family, you've got to have a relationship with the Father. And he wants to know you. And he wants, to, he wants to actually tell you what he's trying to do with you in his world. But if you don't renew your mind, you're not going to think clearly about what he's up to. And here's the deal is if we don't approach God, like God's always trying to approach us, but he wants us, you know, every good relationship is two ways, right? It, and when it's only one way, it's called stalking. And God doesn't like doing that, you know? <laughs> don't make God stalk you. <laughs> Uh, so he, he wants to renew our mind. He wants to get us on track. And this was actually happening. You, you see this happening in the community. You know, like in Acts chapter 2, they had just given their life to Christ. You have all these people. Um, you, you, they're joining into the community, and it's brand new for them. But it's like the honeymoon stage. Let's look at a couple of chapters down the road, okay? Acts chapter 4. All the believers were one in heart and mind. Wait. A second. How many of them gave their life to Christ on, in Acts chapter 2? Wait, and then didn't it say that they added to the number daily, those who are being saved? How many thousands of people? We've got hundreds of people in this room right now. I can tell you what, we're not one heart and mind right now. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're probably doing pretty good compared to most places, but the truth is they're one in heart and mind because everybody's locked in to this thing that God's trying to do in their life. And what did it do? It actually affected the way they lived because it said no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. So their worldview has changed. What you think about money, possessions, your, your, you know, everything is changed because they said, none of this is mine. Who, who thinks like that? Nobody. These people were though. And it's like, but they shared everything they had and it says that nobody was in need. This, this is the proof that this thing is true, right? It's like, there's, there's something stinking cool happening in here, right? And who, who doesn't want to be a part of this? Like, who doesn't want to be a part of a family that says, hey, when you need something, I'm going to take care of you because you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my family, I've got you, right? And, and so, not only do we need to have, this, the second point is this, not only do we have, need to have a relationship with the Father, if we're going from fringe to family, we have to have close relationships with the family, right? right? It's like, you got to have relationship with other people. Here's the deal, is Jesus like broke down this idea that I can, oh, me and God are so tight, but I don't like anybody else. Like, that's, this just doesn't work, right? You can't just be tight with God and then not have that force you to be in relationship with people around you. That's, Jesus says, the greatest commandment is this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. Wait, Jesus, I ask you for one. No, I give you two. Loving God, loving people, these are so connected, I can't disconnect them. It doesn't work that way. And so uh, the book of 1 John actually uh, expounds on this. 1 John chapter 4 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. That's great. We can't love each other effectively if we don't have that relationship going this way, okay? Does that make sense? Uh, So love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, if you don't have this, if you don't have this, uh, you do not know God. What? No, he's not mincing words, right? You don't know God. If you say, this is good, this is all I need, that's just not the truth. That isn't the truth. But here's the deal. It's not only is it not the truth, um, there is a word for this in the, in the Roman world. Um, when an unwanted child, with, when a, a family didn't want it anymore, they didn't have the, the terrible thing we have called abortion. They had another terrible thing called exposure. They would take the child out and they would put it on a rock and they would just assume something happened to it because it wasn't there the next day, right? And, and then they'd move on with their life. And the truth is, is that you're not. In God's family, you're not an unwanted child. He wants you. And so he's saying, don't go put yourself out of the community. Come on in and be a part of it. Love me and love each other because I'm up to something here. Like, I want to do something here. And the, the truth is, is that he wants to use our relationships within the family to help transform us. So if, if relationship with God is foundational, right? It's laying the foundation of our faith. Relationship with people is formational. It's building our faith. Does that make sense? Relationship with God, foundational. Relationship with people, formational. Okay, think real quick. Who are your five closest relationships? Just name them. People. You don't, you don't get away with the Jesus card on this one. People. Okay, you are an average of those five closest relationships. So, you are being discipled by somebody, whether you know it or not. Like, you are following somebody along some path towards something. Is it the path that God has for you? Is it in the direction that God's trying to take you? Because, really, it's hard to understand you know, as we're looking at this, like we, there's confusion when we're in this, this spiritual child phase because we're trying to listen to God. And then sometimes when we hear God, we're like, okay, that sounds crazy though. So I don't know if I should really do that. <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> have you ever been there? And it's like, but here's, here's, the, here's the reality is sometimes we hear this thing and it's like, oh, that does sound crazy, but I see it being done by that guy over there. So maybe I should do it too. Right? Does that make sense? As we're growing in the family and growing up in the faith, like God is actually taking us and he's forming us into something by bringing us from the fringe inside the family. Now, there's, I can keep explaining, but that's just not going to do any good. So let's hear an actual story. So Casey Gertis, you want to go ahead and come on up here. Casey is volunteer staff member here at K2. That means... 
He, he does everything I do, except he does it for free. <laughs> so give him a round of applause. This is pretty awesome. Um, Casey leads our 1829 Young Adults Ministry. So if you're looking go, from going from friends to family, you're a young adult, you want to get connected, talk to this guy, talk to his team. Uh, they're, they're wanting to see you plugged into what they've got going on Monday nights. But <clears throat> I want to ask uh, Casey a few questions about his story, uh, because it's pretty cool. So, Casey, how long have you been coming to church, just going to church? Your um, yeah, I've been going to church my entire life. Uh, my parents, you know, grew me up in that culture, but, but very much we were the church hoppers. You know, okay. some aspect of one church didn't suit us, so we, we got out, we went to another one and tried another one. So, when did you start coming to K2? Um, about seven or eight years ago, uh, in high school, I started coming here, uh, in college, I would come back from school. I went to school out of state and I'd come back and, you know, I'd come to Sunday church and, and I was the fringe. I'd sit in the outside and I'd leave before talking to anybody and, and really didn't engage at all. Yeah. So when did that change for you? Um, I had, an, I had an opportunity to go to Swaziland. Uh, I, I'm a nurse and it was a medical mission trip. And I really wanted to be a voluntourist, if you don't understand that. Like, I wasn't really a volunteer, I was a voluntourist. I wanted to go to Africa and experience Africa and, and you know, maybe use my skills. But um, I had an opportunity to, to uh, be with Dave Nelson for two weeks. Um, and there is something true about what Daniel said, when, when you are able to put your life behind you and be living in that kingdom, even if you didn't know you were gonna be doing that, um, there's something so transformational where God meets you in that place. Um, and, and, and Dave came to me after that trip and he's like, he, he was intentional with me and he invited me into a group of young men who uh, he was gonna devote his, his time to. He has a family, he has this ministry, but he was gonna devote his time to walking alongside us. And that intentionality, uh, inviting me into a, a group of young men who became my family. I literally live with one now. I run a small group with another one of them. Um, I yearn for these guys' time and, and relationship, just like it mentioned, the, the honey, right? Yeah. Like, it's that good. So, you said you grew up in the church. You've been, you came here for seven years. When did you give your life to Christ? What was that part? Um, yeah, I, I love this story, and I'm probably biased because it's my story, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> I love some of me, too. <laughs> um, I, I showed up to church one Sunday in February of last year, and uh, my fellow small group uh, member, Sam Whitkey, uh, he had planned on getting baptized that Sunday, and I really didn't plan any of it. I came to church not even knowing it was baptism Sunday. And asked my dad, I was like, you know, why, why aren't we getting baptized? And he's like, oh, I was thinking about doing it next week. And so that kind of, that thought was in my head too. Like, or, uh, next time, you know, I hadn't really gone through the class and, and all that stuff. So we're sitting in church over here and uh, Sam gets up and he comes down to get baptized. And all of a sudden this, this thought, this voice just like penetrated deep inside me. It was absolutely deafening um, to all the other sensations that were happening. I, could, I couldn't tell you what was happening around me because it was so loud and it was just telling me, you, you, you have the, you've had the community for the last six months, but you need to give your life up. And you finally understand what I have to offer, even if it's a small amount of what I have to offer. Um, you understand that this is important and so it's time to give your life up. And almost immediately, there was another voice, another thought in my head that said, you don't want to do that. 
you have your Sunday best on, you didn't go through the, the baptism class, um, you know, you, you, all these negative reasons as to why I shouldn't do it. And um, at that moment, I had a decision to make. I had to choose which voice to listen to, who was gonna be commanding me for the rest. And even though I didn't know it was on the other side of that baptism, and that mystery is uncomfortable, it, it was foundational to me understanding and having a relationship and, and knowing that voice of God. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So I bring up Casey to say, hey, it doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. It could be your whole life. It doesn't mean that you've grown up from a spiritual infant or a spiritual child. It's, uh, there's a lot of us who come to church our whole life, and we just keep doing the same thing, ringing the same bell, and never really seeing growth and change. And that's because if we don't dive into community, if we don't dive into life together with somebody else, then we are, we are not going to actually see these things that we call, I mean, you could, you could dive into the Word, right? We were talking about that. Meditate on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You could, you could be, uh, in the next year, if you have... Uh, you, you've, de- you've dove into the word, you're, you're, you've got more understanding and more knowledge. The truth is, is you're still going to look like the average of the five people that you spend the most time with a year from now. If you don't have Christian community surrounding you, uh, then you're, you're not going to grow. You are not going to flourish into the, the great giant redwood that God wants to make you into. And in fact, it was kind of cool. I had somebody come up to me. Actually, Carrie, she's our uh, youth director. She came up to me between services and something that she learned along the way was that these redwoods, they actually, uh, they don't have deep roots. I didn't really realize that, but they, 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 their roots go wide. And the reason they grow up in such like vast numbers is because they actually grow wide. Like some of the roots go as far as 100 feet out from the tree. And then all the trees together actually grow up. So they, they weave into each other. So all these trees, the way they, they combat, you know, the winds and the storms and the things that try to push them over is the fact that they've actually woven together. And it's just, I thought it was a great image of the fact that we are better together. We, we feel like we are better by ourselves because we're safe and we don't have to go out and be vulnerable and we don't have to be the spiritual child who is smacking into walls and people are witnessing that and they're, you know, they're kind of chuckling under, the, under their breath or whatever. No, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that we are better together even though we've been hurt in relationship. The only thing that can heal hurt that has come from relationships is healthy relationships. That's the only thing. And so that's where we're at. We have to dive into that. And then our third point is, okay, if you're going to be part of the family, you've got to have relationship with the father. You have to have close relationships with the family. And you have to have a purpose in the family, right? It's like even my children have a purpose in our family. You know, and I, I think it's, it's crazy. There's, there's like this, the last 20 years or whatever, there's been this 
surge of helicopter moms, right? And then their researchers come out that like, if you try to protect your kid from everything and you, you try to do everything they can so they can have the best life possible, you're actually hurting your child because you're not giving them exposure to anything. You're not letting them try things. It'll be like my mom who did my laundry until I was, you know, through college. And then I didn't know how to do my laundry until I was like 28. You know, it's like, that's not okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. You can get your laughter out. It's okay. Anyway, that, I mean, it is funny. My wife and I got married. We didn't know how to do anything. I mean, neither of us knew how to cook, clean, didn't know what, what we were up to. So we had to learn it all together, which is kind of cool too. So, but God actually wants us to, even as, even as a child, we may not know our purpose. We may not know our passion, but the reality is, is we can do something. And, and so we may not, we're not going to be the MVP, that's for sure. Uh, we, we are not going to be uh, the person who gets the awards at the end, right? If we're, but we're, we're going to be, if we jump into the game, there is nothing that will give you more joy in the church and in God's kingdom than actually serving God. Serving God should give life, not take it away. And so if you're serving God and it is not giving you life, you're doing it the wrong way, first off. Um, second off, Here's the deal. Here's what the church is supposed to be. Let's throw up this scripture here. Uh, yeah, okay. Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. So what he's talking about is the leaders of the church. So me, Dave, anybody else that you see as a leader in the church, he gave all of us, not to go out and do the work and to be the church and to be the superstars, like we're the, we're the, the MVPs on the sidelines and we're in the field and you guys are in the stands and you're watching. No, he's saying, all of you, all of you are in the field playing because those guys, all those guys are there to do is to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Like God wants to use you to make his family flourish. So if you want to go from fringe into the family of God, that's part of it, is saying, okay, God, like, I'm not just going to be about me anymore. Like, I'm going to actually give because I want to, I want to come alongside other people. I, I promise you, if you start to give your time, you're like, you can do it something very simple. You can go serve in the coffee bar. You can go serve and watch, like, hold babies. Like, I used to I used to think this was like the most cush job in the church. I'd go, I'm going to go volunteer in the nursery. It's like, you know, and then I would hold a baby and take a nap. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was the best job. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things you don't have to have extreme skill for. But this is, this is the thing is that it's, we're a family. You, you join in the family to take care of each other, right? That's just what you do. If your family has need, what do you do? You join in and you help. You make it happen. You do the dishes. You do the laundry. Even if you don't know how to do them, you figure it out, right? You might put in too much detergent, but it's okay. We'll, we'll clean up that mess later. So it's, it's where we're at. So we're going to be moving into some takeaways. But before we do that, I just want to let you guys know that we, uh, we have today, we're going to be having communion. And uh, this time is something that we want to invite all of you into. It doesn't matter if you 
our member here or anything. Like, we have an open table. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, come and join us in this. But uh, Connections team, if you want to pass out that communion, uh, just go ahead and take the one of the bread, one cup. Hold on to it. We will take it together after the implications. Uh, so just hold on to it there for a second. Uh, the worship team, if you want to go ahead and come on up too, that's great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay, first takeaway is this. Want to throw it on up there? Run to the Father. He's the source of all that's good and true in the world. Like God, God wants to tell a good story with your life. Like he has something special planned for you. And if you believe, if you believe that your best days are behind you, that is not true. That isn't true at all. Like God's got some amazing things planned out for you. He wants to use you. He loves you. There's a song that we often sing. He is a good, good father. Like you can trust him. He's going to take care of you. Now, if you don't believe that, I, I, I think there's something that you might need to go. In two weeks, we're going to do this thing called base camp. It gives you, when we're talking foundation, it gives you the foundation of the faith. And if you want to be a part of that, just write it on your information card. We'll get you more information about that. Step two here, or the takeaway two, is this. Step out in faith and connect. Because you cannot grow without a spiritual family. Here's the deal. The, I, know, I know you're sitting out there, and there are some of you that have been feeling this whole time, like, okay, he keeps talking about this family thing. It keeps going from friends to family. Like, he's talking to me, and I am talking to you. But even more so, God is talking to you because he's the one that's given you this feeling in your heart. And he wants you to get connected into a family. And the way that we do that here at K2, the way that we join the family is by getting into a Life Together group because we're a big church and you can't, you can't say you're a part of a family and just come here on Sunday morning. You can't. That's just the truth of the matter. Like you are not going to get to know anybody in any kind of meaningful way. And when you get into Life Together, you actually share your life. Like when you look at through that, we look through that window of the early church, they were living life together every day. And so our Life Together groups, they meet every week, and they're all over the valley, and they're different nights of the week and all sorts of things. So uh, go out to our table, Life Together table. Come grab me. I'll be at the New Decay 2. Uh, just grab somebody in the lobby. Hopefully they're connected, right? Like, hey, uh, do you want to be part of my family? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, connect. It's, if you're not part of the family, like, you're not going to grow. And on this last point here, <clears throat> you're the answer to a better community now. It's the truth. Like, there are probably people when I said, if, you're, if, if, it is, if serving God is not giving you life, then you're doing it wrong. There are probably people who feel this, that right now, that weight. Like, man, I got into this because I was so excited. And then it got like, I got asked to do three different, four different things. And now I'm in everything. And I don't know what to do. It's like, okay, no, there's... There's some people here in this room that can actually come alongside you and help lift the weight. Like, 
Seriously, we're a big church. We, nobody has to carry everything. <laughs> like we, we are better together. Let's do it together. Let's enrich the community together. And, and honestly, that's, that's what God was trying to do. Like when he came to this earth, Jesus' message, the message that he preached was the kingdom of God be at hand. He wants to make earth, in, his, in the Lord's Prayer, it says he wants to make earth like heaven. And the way that happens is when we actually live life together and we care for one another and we come alongside one another and we make sure nobody in our community has need. And, and that's, that's what it looks like to be in the family, to go from fringe into family. And Jesus showed us how to live a healthy family too. The way we live in a family that's healthy is that we care more for the needs of the people around us than for our own needs. And Jesus proved it by giving his life for ours. He sacrificed himself so that we could have life. That's what he did. That's what we're here to celebrate when we talk about communion. This bread represents the body of Christ and this cup represents his blood that was shed on the cross. These things he gave up. These are things that we think we need. He, he gave up so that we could experience what it looks like to live life to the full. So that last night, Jesus was with his disciples. He took the bread. This is the Passover meal. He took it and he broke it. He said, this is my body. I'm giving it out to you. Let's remember him right now. In the same way, he took the cup. He said, this cup, this is a new covenant in my blood. Like, I want to have, I want to have relationship with you. Like, I want to get to know you. I'm willing to give this up for you. Let's remember the gift that God has given us. to be part of something bigger than ourselves, but it's so scary at times, and I just pray you would remove the fear, remove the excuses. As Casey was talking about, he heard two voices when he heard you calling out to him that day, and he had to forget listening to one, and he had to listen to the other. So, Lord, I pray we'd only listen to you. Take away all the voices that are speaking to us that aren't true. The enemy isn't, has no power here, Lord, and, and help us to know your voice. What are you speaking to us right now? How do you want us to engage in, our, in this family, Lord, so that we can experience the true life that you meant to give to us? We pray this all in your name.